Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. Hey, oh, it is I, Jeff Jawaskin, your host of Classic Conversations and your guide through this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. What is Crossing the Streams? It's where we answer the universal question What should I be binge watching next? You just finished something and now you got to watch something else. Well, you've come to the right place. We have a live show every Wednesday at 9 30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch along live. All those shows live on YouTube. We have over 101 episodes of Crossing the Streams, each with some TV watching goodness. This bonus episode is a special bonus episode because it's focused on the documentary She. I'm going to share this segment from live episode 102 with you, where I talk about the documentary She. And then following that quick segment, I'm going to share with you the interview that I did with author Amy Baker. She wrote Doe that the documentary She is based on. And I also talked to Jason Greer and Vanessa Ciccarelli, the directors of She. This is a really important documentary. It gives voice to the missing and unidentified women of the United States. I'm proud to share this with you. Here's me from live episode 102. Take it away, me. I want to talk about this documentary called She. She. And this is a documentary. They This team reached out to me. And so I, I screened the movie and I had a chance to talk to the, the author that, whose book it was based on and the, and the directors of this movie. And this movie kind of got my attention. This movie, Amy Baker is a, an author and she wrote a book called Doe. And Doe is a series of poems that honor Americans missing and unidentified women. And so mm. as uh, I was watching this, it's like, do you have any idea how many women go missing every year in the United States? 5,000. 22,000. 5,000 and $1. <laughs> <laughs> 300,000 women what? go missing in the what? United States every year. Yep. In the United and, States? No. Yep. And they the go f- missing. Now, some of them, you know, they're found. There's generally any, at any time 2,600 Jane Doe's waiting to be identified. And, um, ah. and so, and so this is a, this documentary shines light on this. And the, the interesting thing about this documentary is that it focuses on the victims and does not at any time mention the perpetrator's name, the person that may have, if they know in the, in the particular case of the women they're talking about who may have murdered or kidnapped them or, or anything like that. It was purposeful that it was a focus on the victims to give kind of that spotlight on the victims. Whereas in comparison, if you think about how like a Netflix and something like that kind of make uh, heroes out of a Dahmer or something like mm. that with these full shows focused on them where the, the victims then become plot points. Right. And if you if you really kind of think of it, if like you're one of your family members was, you know, an actual victim of one of these serial mm. killers, it's like you can imagine what that would be like. I talked to uh, Amy Baker. I talked to Jason Greer and Vanessa Ciccarelli. This was their first film that they did. They happen to all live in the same town. And so they were aware of each other and they decided to make this their first full movie. This is something you have to stream and pay for right now on iTunes or Google Play or Prime Video or Vimeo or Amazon Prime or YouTube. So it costs a few bucks, but it's, you know, you're supporting somebody 
who who made this. And it's an interesting thing. And the impact it had on me, which is is that from a man's point of view, you don't think about this kind of stuff, right? That but the, the reality of kind of the world is that it's much more dangerous for a woman than mm. it is for a man. And so this it's a 90 minute documentary and it it kind of drives home this this message and you got people like uh, Kate Mulgrew to help narrate it. You'd know her from Orange is the New Black and Star Trek Voyager, Captain Janeway, and a couple other people. And the people created new music for this <laughs> of note. It's definitely something worth checking out. It's, it's called She. The website is officialshe.com. Uh, there's other she's out there, but this is <laughs> this is this Plus, one is uh, specifically a documentary. Not a, a it's won awards too. Won like the best documentary film, Boston, you know, in Boston, and independent film awards. You know, it's won multiple multiple awards for a first effort. So very informative. Hmm. That's fantastic. I'm really. It's nice to hear that they're doing it from the perspective of not having the actual perpetrator of these crimes. Yeah, being shown at all. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Those numbers are so so 300,000 women go missing a year and something would you say 2700 are Jane Doe's Jane dead Doe. women they have no idea who these women are per no, year. I, no idea who they are. And uh during the the interview we talk about, you know, white woman syndrome, you know, which I'm sure you've heard the kind of the the jokey trope that you know, if you go missing it's best to be a you know a young cute blonde <laughs> you know right, what I mean? yeah, well. right and so uh we we talked about that during the interview as well and the reality of that and how this is trying to change the perspective and and uh get people to uh tell other stories as well so 20 wow, 20 say 2700 jane does bodies that they don't get a, can't identify that's Per year. Mm-hmm. At any so, time. At any, at any time. At any time, yeah. So if you if you did those, you just I mean the numbers are so I mean that's like okay, break it down by state, right? So that's something over 50 unidentified dead women per state mm-hmm. per year. That's one a week. It's it's scary it, when it shine you shine the light on it, you think, you know, the world is such a <laughs> safe. Good God, yeah, it's yeah, frightening. It, check that out. It's definitely uh it's something I think everyone should see. And, yeah, uh, sounds riveting. Definitely going to grab that one. All right. That was me talking about the documentary She on Crossing the Streams, live episode 102. And now I'm going to share with you my interview that I did with Amy Baker, author of Joe, that inspired the documentary, and Jason Greer and Vanessa Ciccarelli, the directors of She. Enjoy our conversation. All right, everyone, I'm excited to introduce you to my next series of guests. I have three amazing people with me, all part of the incredible documentary She, Amy Baker, author and poet, directors Jason Greer and Vanessa Ciccarelli. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciated your team reaching out and sharing your documentary with me, She. Amy, could you describe the documentary at a high level for everyone, just as a sort of a baseline, and then we'll build a discussion off that? I don't want to do it any injustice. I don't know if I can describe it at a high level, but I am a poet, and I wrote a book of poetry in honor of missing and unidentified women in the United States. And as a as a poet, that doesn't get, there's not a lot of traction in poetry, but thankfully, Vanessa and Jason read the book and wanted to turn it into the documentary, which weaves together the story of me being a writer, the work that I did on 
creating dough along with actual information about some of the missing women who are included in the book. I learned a lot from this this movie. And that's, I have daughters, all daughters. So I, I'm a householder. I'm the only guy. So the idea that missing women is so prevalent, it, you know, the numbers that, and we can go deeper into it, it touched me. And I, I really... I really enjoyed watching the movie and from and learning about this and and understanding all these things that your poetry led to this movie that Jason and Vanessa then put together. So Jason and uh, Vanessa, this is your first time directing a film? First time directing any sort of major, major project. Yes. How did you find Doe? Like, what's the story? Like, how did you come across this book that you then became so passionate about that you wanted to create this documentary? Well, so I, I mean... It's a small town where we live. So we knew Amy a little bit for years. So then naturally when her book came out, you know, I like to support local authors. So I picked it up and started reading it. And that was about the same time that Jason wanted to start experimenting with creating some sort of documentary of his own. I was blown away by just the number of women that are missing. And I guess things that I didn't really like, I know women went missing and I know that there are Jane Doe's, but I guess I just never really stopped to think about it before. Just like the the numbers of them and the amount of women who go unclaimed was just kind of shocking to me as well. And so while I'm reading this book and and kind of thinking about that, I kept telling Jason that this seems to be like the best place to put our energy into if we wanted to try to do a local locally based documentary. You and Vanessa, I know you're sweethearts. So you guys have been together for a long time. What was the business before you got into making this movie? We own Greer Chicurley Creative, which is a photography and, and video production company that we've run for 20, 22 years. So we've done a lot of photography and commercial work and you know little movies and stuff with our children, but nothing, nothing in the, the realms of the documentary. And this wasn't meant to be a full length feature documentary when we started thought it would be something that we'd have Amy come to the studio and record and talk about and maybe make into a small a small little project um, but once we got going on it it just it just kind of it was too much information to keep to a small short and we just kind of went from there and it grew and grew into to what it is now Amy how did you feel when Jason and Vanessa wanted to expand your your book of poems into yeah Amy how did that make you feel? <laughs> Um, Jeff, I avoided them for like months. Like they kept reaching out and like, I was just like, I don't know what this is. Like, obviously I knew them, but just the notion that my book would be a documentary or anything that anyone be interested in what I'm doing, um, was just really bizarre to me. So I finally, we finally sat down before the pandemic happened and they talked to me about wanting to create the documentary and then it sort of just snowballed from there. Was the hesitation, there's a difference, right? When you put words down and you're the author and a book can be powerful and and make a difference, but the author is kind of a name. And so, oh, Amy Baker. A documentary elevates you to the face of, right? Right. Is that, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, as a as a writer, my my life is pretty quiet. Like I write at my desk, I create independently. So it's it's quite a bit different to then be like very, very publicly connected and you know, like seeing my face in a documentary is just a little otherworldly sometimes. Have you been recognized from it yet? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> it's coming. So this is an award-winning movie. So uh Jason and Vanessa, you create your first movie. And boom, best documentary feature, Boston independent film. That's it's amazing on multiple levels. One, because such a an important topic is getting such notoriety. But I mean, that's just one of the 
let's see what it, there's a whole list here of impact docs award independent film award nashville independent film festival new york times and then and that's just then there were it was selected to be in 11 other what are they called film festivals 11 other film, film festivals, festivals. yeah, yeah. How does that feel? Like the, all the combination of all of you, like everything is like, oh, wow, because this must be really resonating and the message is is really impacting people. It's getting yeah, so much it, attention. It, it feels good that it's getting attention. It's the attention that this type of, of story, type of documentary, I think deserves. It's one of the roadblocks that we kind of kept running into. Uh, there's a lot of documentaries out there about serial killers and about the perpetrators. There isn't any documentaries out there about the victims, really. And some of my earlier conversations with certain people were like, you know, if you put serial killers in there, you're going to get more views. You're going to get more people to watch it. But that was kind of the the opposite of what we were trying to do. Being selected into these film festivals and, and actually having people like you know, the type of documentary that we made, it really is it says a lot for, for, for the project and for Amy's work. I think that's an important distinction, too, about this documentary is that you didn't go the uh the razzle dazzle netflix way where uh it's a ah, dahmer <laughs> right? the the fascination with the murderer themselves where the victims almost just become you know just little entertainment points which is horrible i can only imagine if you're one of the actual victims of one of these killers and to be able to watch these things where they glamorize the, the murderers i think it's it's an important amy i know that's what kind of mm-hmm. drove the book doe can you talk a little bit about that yeah, I mean, and this is the same experience that I've had, whereas, you know, like when I go to public readings of though, and inevitably someone will want to stop and talk to me about serial killers or like who my favorite, what my favorite crime is. Like, I don't have, like, that is not in my worldview. That's not what I'm interested in. And, you know, like the the beginning of Doe really started with, with finding a an unidentified woman and reading her story and and really like meditating and thinking about the fact that she has she has family, she had people who cared about her, and um, she had largely been forgotten, right? So all of these these women and all the women that I didn't include in the book or who are not included in the film, I would hate for them to be reduced to, like you said, like they're plot points. They're like devices to tell the story of someone else. I got from the documentary that it took a long time to write all these poems, right? Probably what you started in like 2008 and then it wasn't published to 2018. Is that right? But you probably finished mm-hmm. it before that. What does it do to your own psyche to dive into all these stories that are not, they're not uplifting in nature, right? They're, they're, they're horrible. They're nightmares basically, right? It's a series of nightmares for the the people that it occurred to. How did, how did you deal with that? Like, how did you keep pushing through that to keep, I know it was important to tell their stories, but. I mean, I think like. You know, I I talk about this a little bit in the documentary, but not not too extensively, which is, you know, I thought I was like tough and could handle handle like researching these things and writing these poems and and spending time on these stories. But like it, it did deeply negatively impact my like emotional state. And so for a long time, I stopped writing them. That's part of why my dough took so long to write is I just exited out of the project completely because it was just too, too much for me. And now, you know, we're, we're many years out from the start of it. Um, but like every single woman that I wrote about, like I think about daily and that's like, not just something that like I tell people, but it is, it is true. Like I wake up, I think about at least one of them, or like, I try to remember them on their anniversaries of them being found or of them disappearing. Um, so I just feel like the rest of my life, 
like I will be carrying these women with me. The women that you wrote about, if you were able to find existing family, did you connect with them or? That's a good question. I mean, in terms of what I believe I should have done ethically, like absolutely I should have done that just because we are, are creating and thinking about people who of their stories and their loved ones. On the other hand, it just also felt like when I was like a beginning poet and I'm like just some like random woman who's like writing this poem that I didn't know if it was going to do anything or be anything, right? That also just felt awkward and weird and strange to sort of invade their personal space. Sure, sure. I meant I meant more emotionally, just in terms of like them hmm. knowing even now how you immortalize their mm-hmm. their family members' memory. Um, I've been in we know that like one of them has connected with us and I have also read poems in the communities where some of the women have gone missing from. And, and that really does change the shape of like the emotional moment of those poems. Right. So Jason and Vanessa, how was it working with Amy? It was wonderful working with Amy. Was, was she all like, no, you know, like, was she hard to work with? You know, like, no. I'm just... no she's, she's extremely easy to work with unless you want her to look at herself on film or listen to her own voice. But besides that, like she's not self-conscious at all with the with the interview process or with the filming. It's watching it all back after. So that was so when we were trying to do the editing portion, that became a little bit hard because we wanted some of her input. And she just could not bring herself to watch it at first or listen to herself. So that got a little bit complicated for a bit. But I think you're working on that, right? Well, now sure. she's now, <laughs> now that she's a movie star. The uh <laughs> How was, so the synergy between the three of you and everyone else working on it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. Honestly, the, the portion with Amy, we had set up to, to do and do the filming and we pretty much shot all of that in, in one day. She came in to the studio and we set up and we started talking about these cases and it really just, it just started, started happening and came naturally. There wasn't retakes and redos of this. It was just, it was just a nice fluid conversation and that really that's really what drove us from where we were our initial idea to where we ended up it was just there was a lot of information there was a lot of of topics um and there's there's interest in these cases from the victims themselves and the and the cases and how they were done how they were treated how some of the stuff just doesn't get reported and you just don't find out about it so it just it just that first day was just great. And it just really set the tone for what we wanted to do. Uh, once we started going, we knew it had to be more than, than what we initially thought it was going to be. Right. We were thinking 15 or 20 minutes just to kind of get a feel for what it felt like to make a documentary in the first place. And But I think we talked for hours on that first day and there's just so much good stuff we wanted to keep and embellish on a little bit. Sorry to interrupt. We have to take a quick break. And we're back. About to dive into some of the big names associated with the documentary. You had Kate Mulgrew of Star Trek fame. Uh, and, well, men, much fame. Orange is the New Black. Lies. She's done a lot, right? How did you, uh, how'd you, how'd you land this very famous person to do your first film? Uh, once once we started doing working on it, we knew we needed more voices in the documentary, and we were just trying to figure out who we wanted and what what types of, of things. I was lucky enough to get in touch with with Kate's agent, and we reached out to her. We reached out to a lot of people during the process. We sent Amy's poems to a lot of people and had you know interest in in them. But uh, she Kate seemed 
genuinely interested in the project and the poems and she really wanted to work with us and and it just it just worked out really really well for us we did kate's directing of her of her the narration is actually the probably the last thing we did for the film uh we started with amy and then we worked with uh coco coco jones and raven goodwin and then we finished up project brigade incredible and then the uh the music you had a song jane was written for this talk about Stephanie Quayle, Alex Klein, like how, how that came about. So I was born in Bozeman, Montana originally, and I actually went to high school with Stephanie. And when we were working on this project, we really wanted as much original content and music as possible. We reached out to Stephanie to see if she'd be interested in it. And uh, she said she would. We sent her Amy's poems as well, just as kind of a reference. And Stephanie and Alex Klein wrote Jane specifically for us for the film. And it just it's just a really... A really wonderful song. I think it fits fits the film very well. Well, it was just she she read the poems first, and then just kind of got a feel for what what I guess Amy's vibe is, and the whole what we're doing here with the film, and put together that song, which made us all cry. I think the first couple times we listened to it, but it's a powerful song. I mean, it's like I can see the power of having something originally written for this because it it matches the the message of your of your documentary so tightly so tightly kind of really packs that extra wall because of that it really does and it came about at the time when we were kind of just still at the beginning part of piecing all all of it together so it felt so strange to have like this polished element to add to this film that was still kind of like more of an idea than anything else so some of the stats were just Grab me like did 300,000 women go missing in the United States every is that every year uh, every year currently 2600 Jane Doe's just waiting to be identified it's staggering the numbers of of people that just go missing is there what do you hope that creating this documentary does that can impact change to I would imagine to speed up or make aware that they're missing and solving these cases? Is it the awareness of it that is happening? Is it like that so many of these go unrecognized or just ignored? I know you talk about missing white woman syndrome in the documentary. So is that is there a problem with just awareness of this if people aren't connected to serial killers and stuff like that? If victims aren't connected to serial killers in terms of people focusing on that? Jason and Vanessa can answer like specifically for the film, but I've always thought like, you know, the way in which there are stories of missing women that I've heard about in the United States and that we've all heard about. And I think it's important that we know their names and we know their stories and, you know, can articulate that. But at the same time, there are thousands of missing and unidentified women that we have not heard about and their stories are not on the nightly news or splashed across magazines. And I think that what I wanted to do with Doe is to call attention to those stories. Not every woman in Doe is connected to like a crime in terms of a killer or that sort of thing. There are there are women who, you know, have have self-exited out of their their regular life. There are women who um, were experiencing drug abuse and those sorts of things. And I think there's like this depth that we're not quite getting. And I think we often depict it as like this, well, you know, like we, there's limited resources, right? But like, is there, or is it just like we are selecting whose stories we carry forward and whose stories we care about? Right. I mean, there's always been a thing where it's like, oh, if you go missing, you hope that you're a cute, blonde, white person, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I don't want to say it's a, it's a trope, right? I mean, it's like a, it's a thing, right? It's like, it, right. it's almost like undeniable, you know, 
So like that part of changing that frame, that that point of view, that that mindset is exactly is one important thing that could come from this or hopefully will come from this right. extra awareness. So and I think we've reached the point in which like that we've reached the level of conversations with like acknowledge that there is an issue. But I feel like we often just like get caught up in talking about the issue being an issue <laughs> rather than like actually like implementing solutions to like make change. So I hope that the film and the book are working together in that vein to like move it beyond, hey, this is an issue and taking it to like, here are the women that we're forgetting, right? What are solutions? What are some solutions you think could be put in place to help make that change? Yeah, I mean, I think like this starts from like the, the very beginning, right? Of like a person goes missing and then what happens? So that involves like media coverage and police engagement, Right. But I think as well, when we see stories, we do get caught up in like the splashier stories that like are somewhat titillating to us. And I'm not knocking that because those stories matter too. Right. But it's, it's us personally saying like, okay, like I'm not going to get caught up in this conversation. I'm going to like take a moment and look at like, just look up like who is missing in my area. Who, whose story have I not heard about? Like the, the girl who inspired Doe to begin with, you know, I had lived in Phoenix, Arizona for years and just had not, not known her story or that she had existed. And if I had taken like 10 minutes out of my day, right? Like I could have found her story through other means or the stories of other women who are missing in the area and actually be like, oh, hey, let's amplify that. But Jason and Vanessa, I don't know if you have a thought on how that works for film (laughs) with the movie the thing we've noticed a lot is actually the the male response to the film women know about these things it's 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 more in their daily vocabulary we've shown the film and had people come up at the end men come up at the end and and they're they're more traumatized by it or are understanding more of some of these things than than they were before Uh, right we've had a lot of a lot of dads come home and like you know go home and really reconsider where they're going to let their daughter go or how they're going to let them go or you know just those types of things and i think it's 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 something that that we are less vulnerable to those situations so we take it more for granted and we're not thinking about it's the prevention uh, definitely as well. Right. Um, I, I We have a 15-year-old son and he watched it and he just said that he thinks this should be like something that is required um, to watch in, in high school, just to kind of like let young boys know and girls that they need to be looking out for each other a little bit more and and kind of just being aware of the ways that people can just be like, just disappear without, without anyone really knowing or thinking about it. Um, and then the other thing I think that with the film is kind of like, like going back to like the missing white women, it also is uh, a lot of women seem to get blamed for their own disappearance or those things that happen to them. And I think it's really important for us to kind of change our attitude on that as well. And just realize that uh, a person is a person and it doesn't really like matter, I guess, what you could be doing that could be considered risky. This kind of thing isn't like, this isn't what you deserve. You don't deserve to be um, abducted or, or murdered or anything else horrible happening to you just because you maybe are doing something that somebody would consider risky. So it's kind of just like getting that kind of awareness out. Cause I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, that, that person was, was kind of like 
looking for that, you know? So it's, it's not un- entirely the truth <laughs> on, on these things. So that's, that's what, that's how it impacted me. I mean, that's how, as uh, you know, it's seeing it like, I think it was in, uh, the documentary is broken up into chapters and chapter six talks about the experience of being a woman is different than being a man. And this kind of, you can hear that as a guy and go, okay, you know what? I, but like in the context of the movie, it puts a whole different spin on that and a whole different, suddenly you hear that in a much, much different way. I think the quote was, the world has said, women cannot exist safely where they live. And it's like, it's, it's a scary thought. You know, you, I think sometimes we all, kind of fool ourselves that we live in this world where we're all safe, but there's a lot of nefarious things going on that, you know, you never know where the danger might lie. This documentary, I think, opened my eyes a lot. And I imagine anyone who originally read Doe and is now has seen She probably would have the same impact that I had, the same as your 15-year-old son. So I would say go see it too, and it should be mandatory and and not just because I know you now. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Where can people see She? Uh, right now, it's available uh, video on demand on most major major sites: uh, Amazon, Apple TV, Vudu, Vimeo, and as well as through most of the major cable networks that have VOD, like Spectrum, Cox, different ones throughout uh, North America, so the U.S. and Canada. Is there more plans for She in terms of more festivals or anything like that? We it was put into uh, more festivals that haven't come up the deadlines yet. Um, we haven't put it into any additional ones beyond that. We were acquired by Gravitas Ventures, who is is our distributor, and so they're doing most of the the legwork now on the distribution part of it. So that's kind of kind of in their hands, which is it's good. It's the first time we let go of the film, so it's it's not something I have control over at this point. But but I know they'll do a good job. Okay, awesome. Any last thoughts, Amy, before we? <laughs> I'm just really, what's what's interesting is, as a writer is to actually, like, I feel like I was in charge of Doe, right? And like, Doe is my version of of talking about this and processing it. And it's been incredibly important to see it sort of take shape in a different vision with Jason and Vanessa, right? Like I told them from the start, like, it's not, it's not me, like, controlling this like I want you to see like what where where this takes you and Stephanie's song is like the net like other version of it and the music video for that like a different version of it so it's been incredible to watch Doe sort of have this like rebirth and growth through other creatives and creators Jason Vanessa I guess we just want to thank you for having us on and helping us spread the word about it Oh, my pleasure. Anything I can do. Uh, Officialshe.com is the website of the documentary. I don't know. Is there a link to Doe there? Why didn't they put a link to Doe on there? There is. <laughs> is it? It's, yeah, oh, it's under shop. shop. It's probably under yeah. shop. Okay. <laughs> if you click if you click under shop, you can you can get Doe, which has uh that has 50 poems. Uh, so you can get Doe there, you can get the music, everything. I, I encourage everyone who's listening to please watch this very important documentary. And Jason, Vanessa, and Amy, thank you so much for spending time with me and talking about your very important film. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was the team that brought us She. I do encourage you to check out that documentary. It's on. You can get it on iTunes, YouTube, Vimeo, Prime Video, pretty much anywhere you stream videos. All right. Well, that's just one piece of homework for this week. So go 
go hop on the couch, start streaming the movie, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.